We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This is the Day More NBA podcast brought to you by Blue Wire Podcasts. Coming at Friday night after the Wolves lose in Chicago by 12, final score Wolves 122, Wolves 134. And at tonight's show, we got to focus on that 134. Uh, obviously, the Wolves have been on a pretty impressive run here since the calendar flipped to 2022. Even with a second straight loss tonight, the Wolves are still. 13 and 7 since they got their roster all back from COVID on January 3rd, over a month ago now. But what's happened is over that run is that we've kind of become infatuated by the offense. And by we, I mean the Royal We, I think the fans, you know, have been excited by the offense. The media, you know, we've been hyping the number one offense since January 3rd. But I also think the players have become infatuated by the offense. And the offense has been legitimately great, best in the league, but we've been brushing over the fact that this defense has been straight up bad for almost the entire time the offense has been good. And it's starting to feel like this defense is getting worse. Over just the past month, January 11th to, to February 11th, the Wolves ranked 24th in the league on defense, and I honestly think that oversells the defense. I think it's been worse than that. Because over those 16 games in the month, the Wolves have had an easy schedule. They've played a lot of bad teams, and they've also played a lot of teams that haven't been at full strength. And I'm not trying to do the whole, like, discredit the schedule sort of thing, but that's just like a fact of what's happened over this time. Not a lot of great opponents on paper, a lot of Thunders, Rockets, those sort of things. And then a lot of teams with good records that didn't have their good players. And still the Wolves have found a way to be 24th on defense. I think if you factor in the quality of opponent this past past month to that defensive rating, I think it's probably fair to say the Wolves, even though they've been a top offense, have probably been a bottom three defense. And in these these last two games where the offense has been good, but not good enough to make up for this defense. And I think that rightfully puts the microscope on that end of the floor. The days of the Wolves' aggressive, scrambling, sparking defense feels like a distant memory because it is a distant memory. The Wolves have not played good defense since it was 2021. And we know this story well. We know how this goes. We know what happens when the offense is good and the defense stinks. 
that's what the old wolves were. And we know that the old wolves could not sustain, sustain success. It's not, I'm not saying it's like they're going to fall back into the depths of the past two seasons because they just have more talent. That's not going to happen. But I'm talking about sustainability, sustained success. And with this level of defensive effort and execution, it's not possible. Play defense like this against an even average strength of schedule, and you're not going to win half your games. You're not. Play defense like this, and you will drop in the standings. Play defense like this, and this six-seed goal we're all putting out there, I mean, that's going to become a pipe dream. The good news is I think everyone is getting in tune with the idea that we've been brushing this wart under the table for a month. It was very clear in the post-game interviews tonight that these guys know the stakes here. They they get it now, I think. They have, they have to move back toward being the team they were defensively, even if that means, you know, letting go of some of this offense. I think they're very aware that their identity in the first half of the season has begun to slip away. Here's Kat on the defense after the game. Just talked about on defense, just your overall competitiveness is falling off. To you, what's the biggest problem area with that, and, and how do you guys correct it? Uh, making the right rotations, being disciplined, playing our way. Um, we keep stressing it. we got to play our game. we got to play our way. We made an identity for ourselves. We showed what we could do defensively. We showed how good we could be when we're that locked-in defensive team that's letting our defense translate to our offense. Um, I feel like our offense started translating, so we just kind of threw the defense to the side. So we got to just relock in and, and get back to it. The way that you guys play defense is very active, very aggressive. Um, is it hard to sustain that if – you know, you talked a little bit about recently about being tired a little bit about legs not being there. Is it hard to sustain that style of defense when when the legs aren't there as much? Um, is it hard? Yes. Is it doable? For sure. We train for this, so um, just got to get it done. Um, it's as simple as that. Really, I, I don't know really too much how to go into depth of that. Um, you know. It's it's a league that doesn't uh, reward excuses, so um, gotta gotta find a way. Are the same things happening out there defensively that are breaking down, or is it something different every night? Just things we can fix. That's the good and the bad is that it's things we control. So it's not something that's a scheme mess up. It's not a coach's mistake. You know, it's uh, just stuff that we physically can do. I think sometimes we try to outsmart the game when we all have a plan, you know. So just do something like that. Um, and that falls on all of us, you know. Uh, uh, and it falls on all of us because we're all responsible for these losses. And it's not the end of the world. I don't want you guys to take my tone as anywhere. I'm just, I'm tired. I'm fucked. I'm tired. I'm real tired. Mentally, physically tired. Fatigue is certainly a factor here. Not taking that away. And I, I think it's a fair one. That's somewhat fair excuse. And I think it's fair to say that this team desperately needs an all-star break, which is fine. You know, if our little working theory is true, they need a break. That theory we've been kind of pondering around since before the season about how this style of defense is not actually a sustainable style for 82 games of a season. Again, doesn't mean it's a bad style, 
But it's that idea we've talked about with the Denver Nuggets comparison where they can start hot, probably hit a low in the middle of the season, and then pick it back up at the end of the year. You know, that's the hope with this team. The hope that they can recharge and come back out firing the final 25 games of the season. But that's only a theory. We can't bank on it. It's something they have to go and do. I asked Ann about that theory after the game. It sounds like it's his hope too. And the way you guys play defense is kind of like, and other teams have done it too, you know, you're usually playing so aggressive that other teams in previous seasons have started really strong defensively and kind of hit a lull in the middle of the season. And then you know, we'll kind of come playoff season at the end of the year. Historically, it trends back up defensively. Do you feel like there's any accuracy? I hope yeah. <laughs> I hope that's what happens, man. But I don't think we got time to wait to the playoffs. Like we gotta get there first. So I think we need to make that happen now. Like these next what we got four games? Four games left, three games. Like we need these next three games, like all of them. So I think our defense has to, especially um Charlie game, like they play fast. So our defense has to we gotta get better, man. I don't watch film. I don't even know if that's the answer anymore. Like, we're watching all the film we could. We just go out there and do the same stuff. So, yeah, I think it's just us, like the team, the dudes that's on the court. Like, I got to be better defensively. Just everybody. I'm holding here on two players specifically. You know, Jared Vanderbilt and Patrick Beverly. Holding out hope with Pat Bev, not that he's fallen off individually, but in the idea that they really have missed him in the games he hasn't played. And the the idea of him being in and out of the lineup, I, I I think that's thrown off the defensive rhythm. I mean, Beverly's missed six of the past 11 games, and the Wolves' defense has fallen off even further in that run. Yes, the Wolves are 29-27, and 27, which means they have 26 games left in the season. And I think for this defense to actually bounce back, bounce back, I think they need Pat Bev to probably play in like 23 of those games. His presence provides that known intensity, right? He he does have that. He brings it every time. But it also provides ball containment, which is the main area Chris Finch always talks about when the defense is falling apart. He points to that. They also need Jared Vanderbilt. I, I think those of us who have watched Vando all season and the way he plays, I think we have some, some empathy or some understanding that the style of play is just something that's very difficult, if not impossible, to keep up for 82 games. But that doesn't mean they don't need it to come back from Vanderbilt. That version of Vanderbilt in the first half of the season had solved the Wolves' biggest area of need coming into the season. Power forward, physicality. You know, Without that, without Vando playing well, being who he's been, I mean, you kind of go back to being like, uh-oh, Got a pretty big pop problem here. Finch has been vocal about the idea with Vanderbilt that he's banged up. For the past few weeks, Finch has been throwing out flares there. We, we've seen, you know, I think in correspondence to that, we've seen over the kind of like eight or so last games where Finch has been intentional about trying to kind of trim down the total amount of minutes Vanderbilt plays. He's more consistently been in the low 20s. I asked Finch about that after the game, and I was surprised when Finch pointed out tonight that Vando playing under 25 minutes was not just about a minutes restriction. Kind of an extended stretch. And I know you've said Vando's been kind of banged up, but are, are you intentionally trying to 
keep those minutes down. Yeah, I just don't think he's guarding very well right now. You know, I mean, yeah, we're trying to get his minutes down a little bit, but I just don't think he's really guarding very well right now. And uh, and so there's some of that, too. You know. I mean, some of this is probably just going to come down to Finch working some of his magic. I think the glass half full here is that have, that there have been weeks of time over the course of the season where something was very wrong and they struggled with it. And then Finch found an answer. I, I think about the rotation at the beginning of the year, right? Finch started, had a weird, different starting lineup. He was going 11 deep in the rotation, and it just wasn't clicking. He eventually makes the shift of Vando into the starting lineup, and then Pat Bev into the starting lineup, and then boom, you know, it's fixed. Or I think about the offense and how it stagnated when teams were guarding Cat with the small and bringing the double team. For weeks, it felt like the Wolves' offense was broken. But then boom. They reposition where they're using Cat on the floor and where Vando is positioned on the floor and the offense starts to come together. You know, I'm not smart enough to know what the tweak is that Finch has to do. I don't even really know where to aim. But I think Finch has to do something to break this awful defense. And I think we're at a point where Finch has a track record of being a solver. I think we can, one thing we can bet on confidently is that Finch will not stay with the status quo. He will make tweaks to instigate change on that end. Maybe we'll see it in the players who are playing, the style they're playing. I don't know. What will that tweak be? Who will, who will the tweaks be to? I don't know. And may, I don't know. Maybe the Wolves can never get back to that identity they had defensively at the beginning of the season. Maybe it's just not feasible to weave together that defense with this offense zipping the way it is. But some sort of new identity has to form. Some semblance of a defensive identity something has to change because I think we all know what will happen if the defense stays this bad for the final 26 games of the season. It's not going to be meeting the expectations that we've established for this team going forward. But that's enough defense talk. Uh, let's mix in a quick break here and get into a few other things on my mind after that game. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. 
What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. All right, we are back discussing the Wolves' 12-point loss in Chicago on Friday night. And I want to talk, talk about a topic that's just kind of been on my mind this week since before that first Kings matchup. I haven't really had time to mix it in just with the trade deadline and all the stuff that's kind of been going on this week. But uh, since Tuesday, when, when I went to... Uh, Elvin Gentry, the Kings coach, I went to his pregame media session, not because I had any sort of question for Elvin Gentry or certainly wasn't expecting any sort of great Wolves insight. I just went because the Kings had just traded like half their players and I wanted to figure out who was playing in the game. But in that, I stumbled on some Wolves insight. Gentry couldn't really talk about the trade because it hadn't been finalized yet. So he spent like eight minutes kind of talking about the Wolves, which was interesting. And one thing that stood out was he brought up Cat being, his words, the best and most prolific driving center in the NBA. Driving. And I don't know why I'd never really thought of that this season. And it's just legit true. Gentry threw out the stat that among centers, Cat is number one in drives per game at over seven. And that Embiid is number two, and he's just in the fours. It's like, this is not just the most, I mean, almost double the number two guy at his position. And again, I hadn't thought of it that way. I, I was certainly naive to how big that gap was in terms of volume. So since then, I've, I've looked into the numbers and yeah, like Cat's not only up there in drives, total and volume, but in his effectiveness on drives. It's one of the best in the league, regardless of position. And I kind of had that on my mind today, and I'm watching this first half where Cat's first bucket of the game is just a burn by Vucevic on a drive for a dunk. And I'm like, yeah. Then the next possession, Cat catches at the top of the key, and he doesn't even look at the rim to pull a jump shot. I'm like, yeah, that's not what it used to be. And I really came to the realization that Cat's identity has made a significant shift this season on the offensive end. He is a driving big. That's what he's looking for far more than he's looking for the shot. Not, I mean, he's still shooting threes. I'm not saying he's not as shooting big. But if we're defining things by what your first priority is, I, I don't know how we couldn't say dry, the drives are his first priority, which is such a big shift for him. Like, remember two years ago, that first Rosa's year, where Cat was told to position himself at the top of the key and just bomb 10 threes a game? That season, Cat shot 10.8 three-point attempts per 100 possessions. This season, he's down to seven. You know, Cat's just not that player anymore. Not that he doesn't have that in his bag. He's just, that's not how he plays. I think today's version of Cat plays more like Giannis than he plays like the old bombing threes version of himself. And I understand it's weird to compare a great shooter like Cat to a non-shooter like Giannis, but think about it. Watch it. I mean, Think about what Cap prioritizes. It's the drive. Think about what Giannis prioritizes when he catches it out there. It's the drive. I mean, Giannis didn't make Gentry's little list there because I he's labeled as a power forward where Cat's labeled as a center. You know, Giannis is up at 11 drives per game, so it's more than Cat. I'm not saying Cat has gone full Giannis with this. What I'm saying is Cat's preferences have shifted more Giannis-like. I asked Cat tonight about his preference to drive versus shoot. He gave a long answer, um, but I'm going to play it for you because 
the way he answered only made me believe more that he's liking leaning more into his inner sort of Giannis. Here's Cat. Catch it on the perimeter. Is your preference becoming to drive over shoot? No. I really don't have a preference. I kind of just go how the defense goes. I make I make decisions on the fly. It's not coaches always tell me pop more this game, you know, dr- roll more this game and I consist this is the most driving though you've had ever by a lot, right? I think what? Number 1. Number 1 in the league for drives by a center. Yeah. Let's put Giannis in, like you and Giannis. Yeah. Can't say what I want to say. <laughs> but some of us different styles, different adversity. But um I just wanna um I don't know, I just I'm just finding it, you know, with the I feel like uh as the season goes along, when people start wearing down, I'm getting better, I'm getting in more shape, I'm I'm moving a little faster. Um I just, I feel like, you know, my whole entire career, I felt like that second half of the season was where I really always have like a, like a, the second win. You could say while everyone's really kind of, you know, trying to get to the finish line. I feel like I'm just gaining momentum. So I don't know, maybe I feel like I'm catching a lot of people when, you know, the legs are tired and I'm able to catch them just because of how funky my game is and my jumper. So, you know, when you don't shoot, when you don't jump on a shot, it's easy to fall for the pump fake. And I only need a little, a little fake. I only need you to go for it for a little bit to get by you. So um, trusting my quickness. I ain't fast. Slow, slow as a snail, but I'm quick, quick as a cat, no pun intended. So um, I'm just using that to my advantage um, and just taking what the defense gives me, you know, not falling in love with a three point shot. I feel like, you know, you know, there's out of love with it. No, three point contest. I can't, I can't fall out of love with it, but um, just not falling in love with it during the game where it's like something I'm just leaning on. You know, I, I, I've worked going back to what I was about to say in the beginning is I worked so hard on my body and worked so hard on, you know, you know, just the maturation of my body. And I feel like, you know, finishing at the rim is, 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 it's even easier for me now than it's been in my whole career. And I've been doing pretty well at the rim. So just utilizing it to the best of my advantage, um, understanding we got Ant and D'Lo, you know, that, that drive opens up a lot of easy open jumpers for us, you know? So I think the three is great. You know, it spreads, you know, the defense out. It gives, you know, them different looks. It gives opportunities for Ant and D'Lo to drive. But um, I'm not going to lie to you, Dan. You know, I, I've seen the tape. I, I've, I've seen I've, I've, uh, I've seen how everything goes, you know. And I feel that when those guys, you know, like I just said earlier, legs are tired. I'm catching people with their legs tired. I've worked tremendously hard. So when they're tired, I'm fresh. I just feel that those drives give one Ant and D'Lo a break from having to go in that paint with the jungle. Let me go deal, do the hard stuff and, and let them get the easy stuff. Let, you know, let me collect my check, you know, do what I'm, what I'm paid to do is just make the game easy for all of them while finding a way to produce. So I feel those drives, you know, give them a chance to take a break, but also get them the chance to spot up and take wide open, easy threes that, you know, they don't have to, you know, and doesn't have to do the dribble, dribble through the leg, step back three, you know, and take tough shots, you know, even though he's great at that, you know, try to minimize the, as the amount of times he has to make a tough shot. So I've just been, he's getting to the basket. I know it's a long winded answer, but you know, just my mind in the basketball sense is just, you know, it, it helps Ant, it helps D'Lo, gives him rest one, one, two, it's a, it's an efficient play for us, even though it's not a play, it's an efficient scoring opportunity and three, um, 
you know, with these guys, the way they're just spotting up and they're in the right positions and they're spacing out for me when I'm driving to the paint, I'm able to make those, I guess, razzle-dazzle passes and give them a chance, you know, to hit open threes and and also puts pressure on them because they're going to have to change. And if they move the low, if they move to a strict veer on me with a pick and roll and they put a small on me, we're going to go right to that free throw line and we're going to post them up right there. And you, you've seen the damage that causes too. So, um. Just breaking down the game a little bit. My mind was the offense and stuff. Um, I know y'all want to hear about that a little bit instead of just the all random ass regular answers. I appreciate that non-regular answer, regular ass answer from Cat. And I think we should all consider what he's saying and what we're seeing. I think this is the latest evolution of Cat. And I I put the full career evolution of Cat in five phases. Phase one, his rookie year, under Sam Mitchell, it was mid-range game, right? He was just getting in the league, and that's what Sam Mitchell had him shooting. Phase two, then, under Tibbs, for the next two and a half years, was post-up Cat, interior presence. That's what Tibbs established. Then Tibbs gets fired, and then there was a short phase three. It was the second half of the 2018-19 season where Saunders took over for Tibbs, and he used Cat out of the mid-post not only as a scoring option, but as a playmaking hub. And I mentioned that one. We shouldn't brush over that one because that, while it was short, it was it was the most productive offensive stretch of Cat's career when he was operating out of that mid-post area. Then Saunders remains the coach, but Rosas takes over and basically takes over how the roster is going to not only be shaped, but used. And Rosas via Saunders has Cat at the top of the three bombing threes. That was phase four. And this is phase five. Under Finch, it's a little bit of all those things. But if I had to give this phase a name, it is the driving phase. Cat's preference now is to attack the basket off the bounce. And at the thinnest of his career, probably the more most agile of his career, I think it makes some sense. And it's definitely working. Now, I don't think it's the final evolution of Cat. I think that would be a, a bad idea. I think the final evolution does an even better job of weaving a lot of these different phases in together, probably weaving all of them together, particularly, I think, you know, got to lean in the, the best thing, which is the three point shooting, at least looking at the rim on every catch out there. I think that's probably in the peak version of cat included. But this is the current evolution. This is the current phase. We're 50 some games into this season and it's kind of been the way for 40 of them. And this version of cat plays more like Giannis than he has ever played before and less like the old cat than he ever has before. I'll also spin that together some with what we talked about before the break, which was the very concerning defense. Like, I think this from cat, this style and it consistently working suggests that this offensive level that the wolves are at is here to stay. Now, maybe not number one offense. I'm not saying that, but I would be shocked if the wolves are a below-average offense for the final 26 games of the season. And that's because I think Cat is finding an offensive game that is individually not able to shut off, and that provides a floor. First half of the year, there was no floor. They they shut Cat off with those doubles often, and the Wolves, for, you know, they like said 26 games for the rest of the season, I'd be shocked if they're bottom half. Well, first 26 games of the season, the Wolves were a bottom 10 offense. That is not coming back. So if the offense stays where it is and the defense even makes a semi-resurgence, I think this team's going to be just fine. 
the baseline expectations, I guess, of this team have just been inverted. Their identity was of a defensive team the first half of the year. And this team's identity is now clearly on the offensive end. And that's fine. That's that's what we expected coming into the season. But it's fine, provided the defense doesn't poison the well like it has in previous seasons. All right, let's close tonight out with some prize picks. I got them all right again. Well, not that's not totally true. I didn't get any wrong. I got I did four picks, got three right, and pushed on the fourth. The one I pushed on was the over on seven made free throws for DeMar DeRozan, DeRozan and he finished with seven exactly. Uh, DeRozan just cooked the Wolves tonight. If you missed the game, they had nothing for him. 35 points, six boards, six assists, and DeRozan made all seven of his free throws. I also took two other Bulls overs. Um, first, the over on three and a half assists for Nikola Vucevic, and Vucevic finished with seven assists tonight. I thought, just given the Wolves' scheme, I thought they'd be able to hit Vucevic on that short roll. He'd be, be able to pass out of it to open teammates. He did, again, seven assists. We hit that one. And Javante Green, just a, a player I like. I took the over on 16.5 combined points, rebounds, and assists for Javante Green tonight. Having watched the Bulls play lately, it's it's clear he's their fifth starter right now. And being a more defensive specialist type of player, I thought he'd get heavy minutes tonight in this game against the Wolves scores, the perimeter scores. So part of it was a, I'm a fan of Green's game, but another part of it was I thought he'd be on the floor a lot. And he certainly was. He had a huge night, 23 points, four rebounds, and an assist. So we got that one. Correct to last pick. Um, I took the over for Cat on 37 and a half combined points, rebounds, and assists. This had a big Cat game written all over it, with the Bulls only having Vucevic and Bradley to guard him with. And Cat took advantage of it. He cooked 27 points, eight boards, and eight assists. So that was three. 0 and one on the night brings me up to 118, 93, and seven on these picks on the year. If you're looking for a place to maybe place some wagers on Super Bowl Sunday, uh, Prize Picks will have a full ledger of props. I mean, I, I think for me, you know, even before I was doing anything like this with Prize Picks, like that's what I would like to do with my friends when I was watching the Super Bowl is, you know, figure out so and so over under 74 receiving yards in the game. They'll be they'll have that for every single player, um, and then obviously Prize Picks is going. Every NBA game, every night, they got golf too. Every everything you could want, all all these different, all these different sports, all the different types of over unders. Um, and if you are going to create an account for Super Bowl Sunday, do make sure you sign up using the promo code Dane when you sign up because that will give you a one hundred dollar sign up bonus. PrizePicks.com or the Prize Picks app. Speaking of the Super Bowl, I will be I will not be recording after the Wolves next game. On Sunday, it's a 2 p.m. tip on Sunday, which does not align well with uh, <laughs> how I do this pod after games because that game will end and the Super Bowl will start. So I will be like tweeting throughout the game. I'll do the pregame and postgame interviews, but I will not be doing a show. Um, so that will not be in your feeds on Monday morning. If something crazy happens on Sunday, you know, maybe we'll, I'll pull something together with a guest on Monday morning. But if not, the next game after that 
will be Tuesday's game against the Hornets, and I will definitely be recording after that. I hope you all enjoy your weekend. It's definitely a very busy Wolves week, and I will talk to you all early next week. Until then, I'm Dane. Peace out. How I'm feeling, man, I hope it never stop, yeah. Green it hard so you can find me in the crowd, yeah, yeah. Don't let standards ever, ever bring you down, yeah. Hope you dancing like no